Good morning. Welcome to Rimrock Church. Hey, Troy, could you do me a favor? Would you turn that back monitor on? I forgot to do that. Thank you. So fun to have you all here this morning on a beautiful day. It's been a little cooler than what we expected, but God knows what he's doing. And uh, so we're just going to say thank you. Amen? Let's do this. Thank you. 
Amen to that, right? Welcome. My name is Michael. Uh, I think there's still a lot of regrets why they hired me. Because every time I get up here, they're like, what were we thinking? But uh, I'm one of the pastors on staff. I have the privilege of serving here and uh, with a great team. Um, I want to welcome you. If you're visiting us, welcome. We're so glad you could be here with us. Uh, we have some... Uh, Gifts for you, if you're interested. There is, on the pocket of front of your seat, there's a card. Uh, and if you'd like to fill that out, bring it to the coffee kiosk over there. We have a gift for you and give you more information about who we are and what we do here at Rimrock and why we love the Lord so much. Um, I do have some announcements this morning. Uh, I want to get through those real quick. Um, 
your bulletin has all of this information. There's this information that I'm about to share with you also available on our website. So I encourage you, if you have any more questions, either call the office or go on the website and, or look at your bulletin board. But we're so, uh, there's still sign up for Vacation Bible School on June 6th and 9th. So that's right around the corner. Uh, we need some food donation, uh, really prim primarily snacks for these kids. And also we need volunteers. Uh, we're going to have a lot of kids here, and they're going to run around and have... Uh, run the campus here, and it's such a blessing to be able to minister to them. Also, we have something fun for those of you that like to paint, uh, not on a canvas, so don't get all excited. We're going to paint our office building right across the parking lot, and uh, that would be on May 24th. We're going to get together here at 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll provide uh, rollers and the paint. You don't have to bring your own paint, so is that great? But if you have a favorite brush and you want to help, bring your favorite brush with you. So and lunch will be provided, by the way, at no charge. So thank you for your help. <laughs> There's a table out there. There is a lot of stuff on it with a coat hanger with a lot of stuff hanging on it. Please pick up your stuff and take them home. <laughs> if you don't, I'm going to donate them. They've been here for over a year now. We love keeping your stuff, but it's time for you to take them home. So please visit that if there's anything there that belongs to you. What's funny thing, the funny thing is there are items there with people's name on it. How can you not find your stuff, please? <laughs> Just read the name. We also, a couple of weeks ago, we took down our uh, deck. It was an old deck, and so we put it right next to our shed. And the reason I share this with you, there's, they become, the only thing they're good for is firewood. So if you need some firewood, please help yourself. They're sitting there. Uh, we would not ask any questions. Now, this last announcement is somewhat uh, bittersweet for us. You know, Ecclesiastes says there's a time and a season for everything. We as a staff are kind of going through that right now. One of our staff members, you guys know Levi Amarin. Most of you know him. He's, thank you. I'll let him know that you said that. Um, he has uh, this, uh, resigned from his position. Unfortunately, God's kind of leading him to uh, a different position at a different place. And he's been a blessing to us for almost 10 years. He is the guy who does all of our IT work and all of our wiring, networking, and website and so we're sad for him to go he's been a blessing it's been a blessing to get to know him uh he's a tremendous friend and we, we really are grateful for him but he's moving on and 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 so i we just want the congregation to know also we need someone to fill that position not a lot of pressure but we need someone who is very savvy with it and hopefully have some experience maybe four five ten years and so um, someone who knows what doing. There's a lot takes place behind the scene. Uh, I know these guys are so great at what they do and, and the guys in the booth upstairs and the sound, but there is a lot of work goes uh, beyond, behind the scene that most of us don't know and really don't care, just want it to happen. So Levi was one of those guys that loved that kind of stuff. So if you know someone or you yourself think you got the gift, uh, good for you. Make sure you have the experience with that gift because that really is an important position. With that being said, I'm going to quickly uh, pray for us and have you, um, since you've been sitting for a while, stand up, please.
I want you, hopefully, turn around the person behind you and greet them saying, welcome. The Lord loves you. All right, I just agreed each other not to catch up for a week. That's after the service in the fellowship hall. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace. Uh, we, we thank you for who you are and that you're a God that not only loves us, but sent his son to die for us. And because of that, we're able to be in your presence, worshiping you and uh, giving thanks to you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. I pray that our worship, as we continue in our study, will bring glory and honor to you. And thank you for the opportunity to serve you one more weekend by worshiping you and learning from you and about you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
swept away, God. And as Ben comes up this morning, Lord, we want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. Holy Spirit, would you do what you promised you would do, which is open the eyes of our hearts and speak to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. I think those songs will take on added meaning as we uh, go through Mark chapter 4. And I just want to recognize, you know, so many of our blessings in our life come through people who sacrificially serve in, in so many different ways. And so thankful for uh, Janet and Gary who are serving this morning with Levi's Transition. We, we, re, we get to worship with the words and those who are online joining us can join us because of people who serve. So, so thankful for everyone who, who serves in so many ways here at Rimrock Church. So as we, uh, as we go through uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, this morning I feel um, as I was asking the Lord how to approach this passage, that we're going to read the whole chapter 4 of Mark uh, together in a minute. But I want to I give some context uh, a little bit before we dive into uh, what Jesus taught on the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus' central message was this, the kingdom of God has come near. And he said, repent. Repentance means to change our thinking, to change how we, we view something. And he said, believe the good news. And what's the good news? The kingdom of God is near. This is important. In fact, this is the, this is the most important thing that we can understand about who Jesus is and why he came is that the kingdom of God is near. And this is the best news we could ever, ever hear. It's the best news I've ever heard. Many of us have confusion about what is the kingdom of God. <laughs> and there's a lot of confusion out there about it. But Jesus taught very specifically what the kingdom is and what it's not. And this morning in chapter 4, we're going to really begin to see what Jesus meant when he talked about the kingdom of God. Now, I need to qualify something that's really important. We've been reading and studying through the Gospel of Mark all the way uh, as we've gone through these chapters, we've been looking and seeing what did Jesus do? We can't understand the kingdom of God without understanding the actions of Jesus. What did Jesus do? His actions help us understand 
his teaching about the kingdom. We can't separate those things. His teaching and his actions go hand in hand. And so if we really want to understand who Jesus is, as Mark begins this gospel saying, in the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, we can't understand who Jesus is without understanding his actions. What did he do? And what did he teach? Those things together help us understand what the kingdom of God is. So when Jesus healed the man who was paralyzed, Nick uh, shared so powerfully a few weeks ago about this amazing story and his own experience of Jesus touching his life. We understand that Jesus not only healed this paralyzed man, but he did something even greater. He forgave this man's sins. You see, Jesus' actions and his words reveal to us about the kingdom of God that yes, we are physical beings, but last week, as Bill shared so powerfully, we are spiritual beings. We are physical beings. We are spiritual beings. The Bible is revealing the nature of how God made us and how the kingdom of God needs to interact, how it's coming near, awakens us to the reality of who God is and who we are. We are physical beings. We are spiritual beings. We see Jesus cast out demons, evil spirits, impure spirits. You see, we see Jesus dealing with the whole of who we are as human beings and the whole condition that we find ourselves in the world. And there's a spiritual world just as there's a physical world. If there's two great errors in the time of Jesus and the time of today, it's the thinking, remember repentance to change our thinking, is either the world is only material, materialism, or the world is only spiritual, like Gnosticism. And these great errors are affecting our world today. People's thinking has been uh, shaped by those two ideas. But Jesus tells us the world is not only material, not only spiritual. Rather, there is a reality of both the spiritual and the physical. And both are created by God and designed by God. But both are under the terrible curse of sin. And so where we see Gnosticism, it's the great error that most of the Bible confronts and it continues to be. We see it in our culture and sexual issues, the issue of abortion that our culture right now is wrestling. Those are Gnostic issues that somehow our choice or our, our, our will or our inside or immaterial part can somehow trump physical reality of life and death and the effects that has on people and disease and broken relationships. You see, we are spiritual beings and we are material beings. And if you seek to divorce those things, you fall into error and destruction of God's design. And so Jesus cast out evil spirits. He healed physical bodies. And he called disciples to follow him. What did he say to Andrew and Peter and James and John? He says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. This is the call to discipleship. This is the call that Jesus has on the world today. Will we come and follow him? Will we come to him? And if we come to him, he won't leave us the same. He will transform us. I will make you. He's in the transforming work. He's the creator of the universe. He's the creator of every human life formed in its mother's womb. He is the God who made us we're his idea. <laughs> we're his creation. And he's making us into who he created us to be. So we're to come to him, follow him, be transformed by him. And then he calls us into a new purpose. And it's a purpose of blessing 
Not only for ourselves, but for others. I've called you to be fishers of men, to invest in people. And we begin to see the nature of the kingdom as Jesus teaches us. And he tells his disciples, as we saw last week, he called 12 of them. He told them to preach, to share this message of the kingdom, to share the good news that Jesus has come near. And he also invited his disciples to cast out evil spirits. We see in Jesus healing the lepers, those ostracized on the fringes of society, rejected by everyone else. We see Jesus coming near and touching them. We see tax collectors, despised people, Jesus going into their homes, inviting them to be part of his kingdom. And he sees Jesus eating with sinners. His actions reveal to us the nature of the kingdom of God. Jesus says, I have not come for the righteous or the healthy, but I've come for the sick and the lost. See, Jesus is revealing the nature of the kingdom. And Jesus has a battle, a confrontation with the Pharisees. And this is a central battle. Last week, Bill read in chapter 3 that they wanted to kill Jesus. (laughs) They're angry with him. There's a struggle. And here's the essential struggle. Human achievement or God's kingdom. Human achievement or God's kingdom. It's the oldest story, the story in the garden where Adam and Eve had to choose, would they follow God in his ways or would they eat of that tree of knowledge or good and evil? Most illustrated in the story of Genesis of the Tower of Babel where men came together and said, let us build a tower and together we will reach the heavens. This is the human dilemma. As that tower crumbles as people are divided by language and scatter. We see the the folly of human achievement versus God's kingdom. And so when Jesus says repent and believe and tells us that the kingdom of God is good news, all these things are related. So what are the problems that you are facing in your life? We all have them. We can fill in that blank with lots of different things, but what are the problems that we are facing as a community, as a society, as a nation? What will help us overcome those problems, those issues that divide us, that are dividing our world, that are destroying our world, it's destroying our lives? We all have problems. We have issues that we're facing in our world. Now, now what do you really believe will be the solution to those problems? What do you believe will be the solution to your personal problems? What do, you, what do you truly believe will bring hope and rescue for this world? War, murder, crime, broken schools, broken governments, economic financial troubles, sexual brokenness, extreme weather events, sickness, death. What will solve it? What do you believe will solve those problems? We all are trusting something. We're all looking to something because we want solutions, right? We have problems. We have a problem as a human race, as people. What do you believe will give you hope for the future and security for today? Let's read Mark chapter 4 because I think Jesus has an answer to that question. Follow along in your Bibles. I'm going to read this whole chapter, but I'm going to make a few comments here and there. But if you have physical Bibles, I'd invite you to open it to chapter 4. I'm going to let you sit because this is a long, a long time, and then uh, you can follow along on the screens if you don't have your Bible. 
Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake, and the crowds that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. Now, here we see the, the wisdom of Jesus in that he's amplifying his voice so everyone can hear him. While all the people were along the shore at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. In his teaching, he said, listen. So this is Jesus saying, pay attention, wake up. <laughs> I got something important to say. So he says, listen. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Listen, and he says, and he was scattering the seed, and some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Now I want you to notice something here. I married a, uh, a, woman, a, a girl who grew up on a farm. Her dad was a farmer. I, I've met a lot of farmers. Farmers don't just throw their seed, <laughs> right? Because it's very valuable. The seed is the most valuable thing the farmer has. It's the most powerful thing the farmer has. The seed is everything. In fact, some of the biggest companies we have in America are seed companies. The seed is extremely valuable. But, but listen, I don't think people just threw seed back then either. This, is, this would get people's attention. Wait, this is different. Why is this farmer just scattering seed everywhere? This is important. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell on the path and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no roots. Roots are important. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. When Jesus said, and he said, whoever has ears, let them hear. This is Jesus saying, listen, what I'm saying is, is important. Don't miss this. Pay attention. If you have ears, listen to this. And when he was alone, the twelve and the others got around him and asked about the parable. And he told them, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. But to those on the outside, everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seen but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Jesus is quoting from Isaiah, the prophet. Now, we're going to see throughout Mark that Jesus identifies with Isaiah. A lot of people missed Jesus and didn't understand who he was because the prophet Isaiah said very clearly that the Messiah, the Savior, would be a servant, a suffering servant. And many people missed it. And then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. The seed is the most valuable thing. It is the word of God. It's the life of God. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. And so Jesus is telling something very important in this parable, that we are the people, are like the soil. That we're the soil. The word and the soil. And as soon as they hear it, the word, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others like seed sown on rocky places hear the word and at once receive it with joy, but since they have no root, they only last a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. 
Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the word, but when the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil. This is, this is the whole point of the parable. <laughs> this is the whole point. They hear the word, they accept it, and they produce a crop. Have you ever been around har- harvest time with farmers? <laughs> harvest time is what farmers live for. Harvest time is blessing. Harvest time is provision. Harvest time is everything that we long for. It's our greatest desire. At harvest time, it produces a crop, some 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. So what is the kingdom of God? It's for our blessing. <laughs> it's for our good. God wants to plant something in us that will only produce good, that will only bring blessing, that will only bring provision and goodness and solution to our world. So here's the question that I'm sure the disciples had. Why are you teaching in parables? (laughs) Like, if this is so good news, speak plainly, right? They'd say this in other places. Like, Jesus, why don't you just tell us plain? Why are you using these parables? Are you trying to hide something Listen to what Jesus says. He said to them, do not bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed. Like, do you hide something good? Do you hide your light? Do you hide good news? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? Isn't it meant to be, to be shared? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought into the open. You see, light helps us see but it also exposes. When I was growing up in South America, sometimes in the middle of the night, I'd turn on a light. What would I see? Cockroaches (laughs) running everywhere. (laughs) Leave the lights off, right? (laughs) I don't want to see that. (laughs) Okay, it exposes. If anyone has ears, let them hear. Listen up. This is important. Pay attention. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. And even more, whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away from them. And he also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Jesus is helping us see what what is this thing that is such good news? What is the hope of the world? What is the hope for our greatest problems? A man scattered seed on the ground. Again, Usually farmers are are very careful where they put that seed. But not not this farmer. He scatters it wide. It's available to anyone. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows. Though he does not know how, and all by itself, the soil produces corn. First the stalk, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And as soon as the corn is ripe, he puts a sickle to it because the harvest has Come, the good news of the kingdom. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or or what parable should we use to describe it? It's like a, a mustard seed, which is the smallest of seeds on the earth. And yet when planted, it grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants. Now, now this mustard seed isn't what we think of as mustard. This is a different kind of plant, but with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. This is a plant that not only grows big, but it spreads everywhere. It's pervasive. It's like dandelions. You can't stop it. It takes over everything. 
And with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. And that day, so what's going to happen here? Remember, Jesus' actions teach us about his teaching on the kingdom. So that day, there's a connection between what he just shared about the soils and the seeds and the kingdom. Evening came, and he said to his disciples, let's go to the other side. So they're in the lake. They're crossing the lake, leaving the crowds behind. They took him along, just as he was in the boats. These are fishermen. These guys grew up on the lake. This is, this is their realm. This is their territory. They're good at going across the lake. And there were also boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat. So it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, catch this, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if you drown? Don't you care about our problems? Don't you care what's happening in our world? And he got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down and was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, Why are you afraid? This is the whole point. This is the whole point. This is, this is everything Jesus is teaching about the kingdom. He says, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith? There's no more important question that we can grapple with this morning. Why don't we still have faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this man? That's another important question. Who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? I thought about this this morning, and I want to just tell you a simple story, but I think um, it's evidence of the reality of the kingdom of God. One day uh, in Minnesota, I went out with a few friends from church, and God put on our hearts that we were going to go knock on doors. I don't know how many of you have ever knocked on a door. <laughs> I naturally don't like to knock on doors. It's a little awkward. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen when you knock on doors. So we, we, we spent the whole, it was a Saturday morning, we spent the whole morning knocking on doors. And it's really interesting. You get to meet all kinds of people, get all kinds of reactions. And we went with the sole purpose of sharing about Jesus. And so we would ask people if we could share with them about Jesus and what he's done in our lives. And we got all kinds of responses. Mostly people weren't interested. Some people were excited to meet us. Others, uh, most people just said, no, thank you. And we were coming to the end of our time, and I had one more house to go to. It was a trailer. And, uh, and so I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go try that last house. And so I went over, um, and as I got near, I saw it was a very run-down trailer. Broken windows, grown yard, hadn't been mowed for a long time. Looked pretty dilapidated. And then as I got closer, there were a couple pit bulls outside. So I was like, oh boy, <laughs> this is going to be interesting, right? And then I got up to the door, and I went to knock, and I could hear voices, a man's voice and a woman's voice, and they were yelling, screaming at each other. I said, oh, wow, <laughs> what am I getting into? But I said, okay. So I knocked on the door, and uh, I don't think they heard me, so I knocked again, and then uh, it got quiet. I said, okay, what's going to happen? And the door opens, and a man opens the door. He's got a big beard, young guy, uh, Tank top, big muscles, lots of tattoos. 
and he was angry. There was fire in his eyes. And I said, um, I don't know what's going on, man, but I feel like God sent me here to tell you that Jesus loves you. Can I do anything to help you? And uh, I don't think he was waiting, expecting to see a white skinny guy <laughs> at his door. <laughs> but something happened to his face that surprised me, because you never know how people are going to respond. But, but that anger transformed in front of me to pain. I saw pain and desperation, and he began to weep, tears down his face. And he said, come in, please come in. And so I walked in with him and seated. There was almost no furniture. It was a very empty house. They had a few chairs. And there was a, a young, attractive, beautiful woman sitting on a chair. And, uh, and she was just with her head down. And uh, I walked in and I just asked their story. And they began to share with me lots of pain, lots of hardship. And I said, can I share something with you? And I began to share about the good news of the kingdom of God, that Jesus has come near, that he loves them, that he wants to forgive them, he wants to rescue them from the problems that they were facing. And God did something amazing that moment. I read the Gospels, and it says Jesus cast out evil spirits, and I saw God cast out evil spirits that day. Because when I walked up to that door, the spirit in that place was fear, it was anger, it was violence, it was destruction. And something happened. That man got on his knees, that woman got on his knees, and they cried out to God, and they said, God, forgive us. We've been so wrong. We've gone astray. We need you, Jesus. And they cried out, and the Spirit left. And a new spirit came in that place. Peace flooded that place. Joy flooded that place. Humility flooded that place. And that man got on his knees in front of that girl, and he told her he was so sorry and asked her to forgive him. And she told him that she was so sorry and asked him to forgive her. And they embraced. And there were smiles on their face. There was joy in that place. Evil spirits had been cast out and a new spirit came to reside in that couple's life. I spent the next two years with that couple. They got involved in our church. They began to understand the ways of Jesus. There was lots of ups and downs. <laughs> it wasn't all easy. But things began to change. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you. He, he begins to change something in people. He began to change the lives of this couple. They got married. They had a couple kids already. And they began to learn about teaching their kids the way of Jesus, following the way of Jesus. They ended up moving to a different state because of a job opportunity. But years later, out of the blue, it was a Saturday morning, I get a call from Luis, and he says, Hey, Pastor Ben, I just wanted to let you know how we're doing. He said, I got a great job. My relationship with my wife has never been better. Our kids are growing up. They're in school. We're, 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 we're just doing so well. And he said, I got involved in a church down here, and I'm growing in my faith. And he said, I just want to let you know that today we're going out as a church, a group of guys, and guess what we're going to do? We're going to go share about Jesus with other people. Why do I tell you this story? Because I think it's what Jesus was talking about in these parables. I think we've got to change our thinking about the problems of our world, the issues that we have in our lives, and what, who Jesus is and what he came to do. He didn't, he didn't come to, to 
start an organization or, 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 or just religious activity. He came to release and give us the seed of the kingdom of God that changes things. And it seems so small and simple because we talk about one, one family, one couple. But Jesus said that's, that's what the kingdom of God, it's a small thing. <laughs> it seems so insignificant. But he says it's a powerful thing that will take over. Think about the ripple effects of your own life. I think about the ripple effects of my life as my grandparents, like that young couple, came to a point in their lives where they fell on their knees before Jesus and they said, we need you, Jesus. We can't live without you. And I am blessed today. I think about the, the, the blessing that has rippled through my parents' lives and my life because my grandparents came to faith in Jesus. Think about the ripple effects of one person accepting Jesus and what that does to families, what it does to schools, what it does to our government, what it does to our businesses, what it does to everything as we become people of blessing. Instead of fear and violence and hatred and discord and destruction, we become healers. We become people that reflect God's ways. I want to end with this last story of Jesus because what happens in the boat <laughs> this is the moment of decision for all of us it's in the storms that's revealed what we really believe what we really trust like I asked you before what what's going to solve the problems in your life in our world when it comes down to it what are you really going to trust now, it, it's interesting. Jesus, Jesus chose the place where the disciples felt most comfortable, most in charge, most in control. They had dedicated their whole lives to being fishermen. Tell you what, human achievement, God has given us so much, and our gifts and our skills are to be used for so many good things. Like, I'm, I'm not talking about not just giving up and not doing anything. That's not the point here. The point is here is we need something more powerful than what we can do on our own as human beings. I mean, we, we can send people to outer space, but look at the mess in our families, in our schools, in our society, in our world. We're killing each other. We're destroying each other. We're destroying our world. You see, we can't trust in human achievement alone. We don't have enough. We were created to be in relationship with God. We need God. This is the good news of the kingdom of God. This is why Jesus came, to rescue us. I needed rescue. I need rescue today. Because there's something in me that is so broken. This soil needs to be repaired, <laughs> renewed and made new. And I need a seed that is not from me, that comes from outside of me to be planted in me. I don't have it all on my own. I need God. This is the question as, as, the, as the disciples face the storm, circumstances they couldn't solve, things they couldn't fix on their own. It's too big. It's too overwhelming. Is there th anything too big or too overwhelming in your life? I know there is in mine. What will we do? Here's the good news. The kingdom of God has come near. Jesus is with us. He's in the boat. <laughs> He's there with us. What does he say? He says, 
Do you not have faith? Will you trust me? Do you believe I have power to overcome what you cannot do? That I'm able to do what human achievement cannot do? That's the question for us. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the seed that you planted in me all those years ago, Lord, as a young boy, as I realized my own tendency to get angry and as I threw a rock at my brother and I lied about it and I, I saw the soil in my heart, just like the disciples, was pretty, pretty rocky, pretty thorns, a lot of thorns in my life, God. And yet, I heard that word, Jesus, that you loved me, that you were for me, and that you could forgive me, and that you could make me into something different, a different kind of person. And God, that's what our world needs. That's what I need. That's what we need. We need you, God, to rescue us from ourselves and to deliver us from those evil spirits that bind us up in fear and hatred and violence. Lord, you said the fruit of your Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And I'm, I'm believing there's people out here this morning who are wanting that, who are needing that. Help them to see that the answer isn't in just trying harder, doing better, but it's found in the seed of the kingdom. That God, they would open their hearts, they would have ears to hear, and they would receive that seed and let you take that soil and work it so that they can produce a crop hundredfold. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So Ben told me he was going to talk about this section of Scripture and I don't know how many years ago we were doing this. Thank you. I wrote this song based on that, and it goes like this. We all jumped in the boat that evening at the end of the long, long day. Well, Jesus lay on a pillow sleeping while we sailed that boat away. But soon the wind and the waves were howling, and that boat began to fill. James and John both started bailing while Peter struck the sail. But the wind kept blowing harder. We all knew that we would die. Still Jesus lay, lay on that pillow sleeping till someone said, wake up that guy. Who is this guy that the waves obey him? Who is this guy who makes the wind be still? And who am I to be riding with him? I thought I would drown. I was going down. Who is this guy? Oh, in our lives, hard times will find us, and many storms will blow our way. Oh, they are given as a blessing and as a way to build our faith. But most times we tend to panic. We think God has let us down. 
But when the waves crash over our heads, Jesus will not let us drown. Who is this guy that the waves obey him? Who is this guy makes the wind be still? And who am I to be riding with him? I thought I would drown. I was going down. Who is this guy? All right. If you guys want to stand, we're going to sing that chorus again. Who is this guy? Come on. Who is this guy that the waves obey him? Huh? Who is this guy who makes the wind be still? And who am I? to be riding with him I thought I was drowned I was going down who is this guy who is this guy who is this guy 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 who is this guy? amen so Just do this first verse. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but God bless you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Have a good week.